It's the doc and the deacon, stethoscope and hope, talking everything from poop to the pope. One believing in spiritual miracles, the other believes in movement bowels that are irritable. Two dads, more like two brothers, and they breaking bread like the Last Supper. This show won't get negative feedback, that'd be like the deacon prescribing a Z-Pack. So don't get it twisted like a Philly pretzel, Foles already told y'all that Philly special. Take notes from the knowledge they're teaching, pay attention, it's the doc and the deacon speaking. Podcast by two dads, one of us believing in the power of science, one of us believing in the power of Jesus, both of us believing in the power of ice cold beer. Today on Doc and the Deacon, we're going to talk about a topic that is serious and intense and that is an epidemic. We're going to talk about opiates and pain. Oh, pain I'm familiar with. Come on, baby, make it hurt so good. Sometimes love don't feel like it should. You make it hurt so good. Well, so my first thought is with pain and pain medicine, which is a scary thing what's going on right now, is what's going on, how did it happen, what can we do for it? But in a religious way, now patients that are having problems with opioid use disorder have a thing called doctor shopping. Okay. Where they go from doctor to doctor trying to get pain medicine. And this is not patients who have pain and are taking pain meds for the right reasons. This is patients who are selling it, want more pain meds. Now, you, I can tell someone has come in and I may have been the third doctor they've seen that week. How can you tell that? Well, you can actually, the Pennsylvania Department of the Pharmacy, it's called the PDMP. Okay. Pennsylvania Drug Monitoring Program will okay. list every doctor you have seen that you have gotten a controlled substance from. Oh, that's a good plan. You actually now have to check it every time you get, um, you write a script that is a, a controlled substance. See, the church needs to come up with something like that, though. Because I feel like there's probably people out there who go and, like, uh, you know, I'm Protestant, so I don't understand the whole Catholic thing completely, but... I bet there's people out there who go to this church and confess to this priest. And he was like, oh, say five Hail Marys. They're like, you know what? I'm going to go see somebody else. And then they go to this church and they confess <laughs> to this priest. And he's like, say three Hail Marys. They're like, closer. That's closer. I think I could get a better deal over here. <laughs> you know, they're just running around, trying to run game on yeah. the system. They say you're allowed to have one wife through God, and one God forever. But you can have, like, four chapels and three priests? Uh, you know, listen, back in the day, man, you can see there's churches on every corner. Yeah. Especially in, like, Pennsylvania. When someone shows up at, like, your church, can you tell if somebody's, like, checking you guys out or, like, uh, saying, hey, am I going to get what I need here? Oh, yeah, most of the time. Oh, really? Yeah, I just met a couple this week. Uh, Daisy... And Roger and I saw them. They were sitting in front of me, and I'd never seen them before. And so I said, you know, afterwards I could see they were doing the um, the light clapping. Yeah, like I'm clapping with the music. This is this is pretty good, but I don't want to clap really hard because I don't want them to know I love it. Yeah, um, you know, in the Protestant, you know, where we are, and in, in a church that does like celebratory type music. You can tell, like, because guys are like you guys do like soft rock music. Oh, I've yeah, been there. Basically, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah, we're basically playing stained. <laughs> like style. the acoustic version of stained. <laughs> yeah. 
Like if Stained and Jesus and Ed Sheeran had a baby, that's what you find. Yeah, exactly. I'll tell you, sometimes I've been there to check it out. I'm there to support the deacon, even though I don't know that I believe any of the stories I say. But I feel like I I start to get swaying to the music. Yeah. Oh, I've seen you. You're a tall guy. You stand out. And I see your hair bobbing around. And I think... The doc is into it. Oh, yeah. I was grinding up on my wife. And, you know, you can only hear Ave Maria so many times before you're ready to rock and roll. That's our church growth model. We don't even, we don't even bring people in from, the, from outside the church. We just, can, we just encourage the people who are in the church to have more babies. I mean, <laughs> you know what? There was a level of where I felt like I was almost being recruited. That's right. Oh, yeah. You definitely were. Oh, it felt good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And you know what? Positivity helps treat pain. Part of the reason I wanted to talk about pain today, other than the fact that it's a huge epidemic in the world, is uh, when I was growing up, my favorite rapper in the world, Eminem, I know I had problems with pain pills. He recently, as of last week, has been sober from opiates for 10 years. That's amazing. Amazing, right? That is. I think that, yeah, because I, I mean, I heard many of his songs where you could tell he was talking about things that were, you know, I mean, as, as many rappers do, they're talking about many of the epidemics that are hitting their environment, their area, you know, the, the people that they're surrounded by. Well, opiates are the biggest one now. And obviously, people are losing loved ones. I mean, 11.5 million people in 2016 in the United States misuse opiates. 1.8 million people in the United States were considered diagnosed with opiate use disorder. And in 2012, we actually had around um, 300 million Americans, and there were 259 million scripts written for opioids by doctors, of which I am one. Wow. Yeah. The question comes to, like, why did this happen? A lot of different reasons. Well, I think there's a couple questions, right? So I think I'd, I'd like to hear why did this happen? What comes from this, right? Like, what are the outlying, the biggest factors that come from it? And then what do we do? Mm. Are the, is, that, is that a fair assessment? Uh, how do we get here? What's the biggest problem that stems from this? And then what do we do next? Yeah, I mean, where did this come from? Well, a few different things. There was a time where uh, they thought we weren't treating pain well enough. Yeah. They said we need to treat pain. We need to destigmatize pain medicine. There was these studies done that were really of poor quality that said people didn't get addicted. And it's very straightforward. If you take a pain medicine and it helps your pain, good. If you take a pain medicine, you're like, Doc, I feel great. Not good. Yeah. We also, doctors want to please people. Okay. The same way in religion. You want to make people feel happy. You want them to have a good experience. When someone comes in, you know, I'm like, I get like a Yelp review. Yeah. You know what? That makes a little sense. But you can't sometimes... The reality is there are problems that science can't solve. Oh, and, right? and, and we've shown that pain medicine doesn't always make people feel better. Recently, in the journal of JAMA, a famous journal, took ibuprofen and Tylenol versus oxycodone, mm-hmm. and they had equivalent results at the end of a year. Wow. Yeah. Then we made pain the fifth vital sign. Okay. So you had to ask. So every, what, are the other, what, are, what are the other four? Heart rate, yep. blood pressure, yep. respirations, okay. and temperature. So and now it became part of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you go to the hospital, if you didn't ask, what is your pain level? Oh, what do you win? <laughs> I 
I don't, I don't know that you, you win anything if you ask. There was maybe a basket. Oh, because like a giant, if the girl doesn't tell me about the survey at the bottom of the receipt, <laughs> I get a free ginger ale. <laughs> well, the fact that ginger ale actually has real ginger in it helps people with their nausea. Exactly. But I don't know that you actually won anything for this case. And a 1 out of 10 scale for pain is the worst thing in the world. I've never asked it. It's never been helpful to me. Yeah. But does that make me a bad doctor because I didn't ask something that is listed as a criteria? Well, no, because I, I don't even know what 1 out of 10 means on a, on a scale of my pain, right? Well, everybody says I have a 15 out of 10. Yeah. It's like for this podcast, just so you guys know, I'm giving 110%. That's right. I mean, I can't. <laughs> I'm giving probably 90. I can't give more than 100. But like I'm into it. I'm really trying here. Oh, yeah. I'm 98. I had somebody come in once, right? And I'm like, how bad's your pain? And like, oh, it's like, a, it's like a 15 out of 10. And they're literally like smiling and updating their Twitter page at the same time. Well, it's all relative. I don't think you can have 10 out of 10 pain and be Facebooking at the same time. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. It's, we live in a different world. I had someone... So who comes did... in, they have pain, right? Okay. And they're around my age. I was trying to connect with them, and they're like, my pain is a 10 out of 10. And I said, have you ever seen the movie Saw? Have you seen the movie Saw? I have. It was kind of good the first How one. How many were there? Oh, I have no Three, idea. Four? Oh, oh, my gosh. I've seen at least two of them. We definitely need to make sure we make more episodes of Doc and the Deacon than they did movies of Saw. All right. I think that's a good, that's a good plan. Jigsaw Part 8. But the end of Saw 1, remember what happens? Vaguely. The I, guy I has to big, cut his own leg yeah, off. I see, I see that. To yeah, survive. The exactly. only way he can get out is he has the saw, and this yep. is where the name came from. Yep. He has to saw his own leg off to get out. Yep. So I'm talking to this person who has back pain, which I've had before, and back pain is not fun. No. Nope. Um, which I'm actually glad when I get some pain sometimes, so I can kind of try to connect with people and see how they feel because... Yeah. It, it, it's really hard uh, to understand. But I go, Saw, we have to cut your own leg off? That's a 10 out of 10. Yep. I'm like, well, then my pain's a nine and a half. <laughs> I was like, you couldn't give me like a seven. <laughs> At least give me a seven. Give me something. I do remember, though, when I had my, so I had ACL surgery uh, 2007. Yeah. And um, so they took my patella tendon. And I had an MCL and an ACL tear. And so they went in and cleaned up my MCL and then took my patella tendon and made it my ACL. So that's a lot of trauma to that one little area. Yeah. Right? Uh, so they gave, me, they gave me a femoral nerve block. And I remember when the block wore off, I was like, oh, my gosh. This is the worst pain. I couldn't take enough pain meds. I couldn't do enough to feel well enough to sleep, to rest, to do anything. And if somebody had walked in and said, I'll cut your leg off, but the pain will go away, I, I may have considered it. Really? No joke. Was it worse than your vasectomy? No, <laughs> much worse than my, both of my vasectomy. <laughs> Tell me about the first vasectomy <laughs> they had tried to give you where they could not get you numb. Yeah, so I, the guy, apparently, um, you know, he had said, he said, there's many, you know, because I'm a mick. So he said, "There's a there's many Irish that they just can't uh, they can't numb with 
you know, Novocaine. And he said he was using the strongest stuff. And, I mean, he put that needle in three or four times. He said, you know what? I think we're going to have to bring it back and knock you out and do it again. Mm. So I had peas on my balls for two weeks. Wow. Yeah. That's the most vegetables you've ever probably had. Exactly. Whenever anybody <clears throat> says they have a high pain tolerance, you know they have no pain tolerance. Yeah. It's like saying I'm smart. I'm really, really smart. Yeah. In fact, I'm, I'm considered somewhat of a genius. I'm in Mensa. I'm the bigliest smart person you've ever met. <laughs> oh. Actually, you can almost, if you take pain medicine, get like hyperalgesia, where you get like pain is worse and you can feel it more. And if somebody's on chronic pain medicines and you sprain your ankle, they come in and they go, Doc, what am I going to do? And I was like, I don't know. What are you going to do? You're already on, on this pain medicine. How about ice? Or rice. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Now we are at the point where, and as much as... <clears throat> Pain is difficult to understand and can't be treated. Uh, people are dying from opiates. and um, Okay, so let me ask this question. Are they dying from opiates or are they dying because once they're hooked on opiates, they can't get the scripts anymore, they go look for another outlet, they find heroin, and that's now being laced with things like Fentanyl. I mean, you know, this ain't your mama's heroin anymore, right? This stuff is no joke. And then they're dying. They're dying from, uh, you know, heroin overdoses. Uh, absolutely both, both. Right? When I refer to opiates, okay, I'm not always referring to things You're that not doctors just referring are prescribing. To pills that, okay. I'm not just referring to Perks, Vikes, Oxys, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hydrocodone, okay. Opana, yep. Morphine, Fentanyl. Um, Nucinta, it is amazing how many we have. I just, um, last week, in fact, lost a, uh, a person I knew for many years yeah. to an overdose. She was clean uh, for years. And because this is what they say, right? I'm no expert, uh, but this is the second friend from the same group I had when I was in the restaurant world um, who became addicted to heroin, got clean, and then went back and had this new strain of heroin, and it's, boom, almost instantaneous that you die because it, your body loses that that buildup you had the last time you were hooked on it, right? And you're chasing that same thing, and now this stuff is so ridiculously potent. We just don't know what's in there. We don't, right? Who knows what's Heroin in there? Heroin is being laced in. And the sad thing I is... I mean, this fentanyl, you got people, you have cops, police officers that are going in to homes where the stuff is and inhaling it and getting incredibly sick. Yeah. Touching it and having to leave and go to, directly to the hospital. It's crazy. Now, the um, attorney general physician for Pennsylvania is basically saying that Narcan or Naloxone yeah. should be over the counter. And that we should all have it, right? That we should all have it. The same way we have AEDs in malls, yeah. we should have Naloxone everywhere in case somebody has an, an overdose. Yeah, absolutely. I have a friend who sells these, um, basically they're like a, it's like an AED vest that you would wear. And if you've ever had a heart attack and you're a candidate for another one, you'd have this vest on that would defibrillate you right on the scene. Is that right? That is true. Yeah. That is true. I'm at the point where I almost worry if I feel the need 
to write for naloxone, maybe I'm writing too much pain medicine. It is a scary thing. The doctors are a part of this. Yeah. And I think the key is trying to explain to people that pain cannot be made zero. You can't go yeah. from 10 to zero. And the question is, two years from now, are you going to be able to do more? Are you going to be able to do your physical labor? Are you going to be able to take the laundry mm. upstairs? How much better is your quality of life on pain medicine? And the honest truth is it hasn't been shown to be a ton better. We've been overusing these meds. I think that most people, most physicians, the thoughts were to help people. Yeah. But now we need to realize in the Hippocratic Oath, it says do no harm. Right. And so it's tough for me. Is it better to leave someone in pain and not build dependence versus the chances that their pain is less? But I need something I to prove to me they are more productive. I don't know that there's a right answer there, but I think we have to be willing to adapt, Right. We have seen over the past 10 years how many more uh, peanut allergies in our children, right? And so now the medical community has come around to saying, hey, you know what? Maybe instead of waiting X amount of time to give them peanut butter, maybe we introduce it sooner to try to see if there is a reaction or build up a tolerance to that, right? Well, kind of. But I mean, I know they're I know they're totally different subjects, but it's that it's the idea that our current practices may not always be our best practices. Of course, right? I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think in medicine we learned that a lot of things we did before change. Yeah, and we went from we weren't giving anyone pain medicine to we gave too much pain medicine now to the point where we're not giving almost any or we're shortcutting back. Where's the right place? It's probably somewhere in the middle. You know, I mean, if you look back 150 years ago, morphine, they added two acetyl groups on it and made heroin. And heroin, the term, is German for strong or heroic. Okay. When it comes to, like, naming, right, or coming up with a name for something, whoever came with that, like, maybe we could fire them. Yeah. Politically, right now, everyone's getting fired. Yeah, I feel like at least can we go back and fire the person who named this? <laughs> but we're going to make changes. And I think the key is we need to tell people at church, doctors need to talk to people about opiates. Oh, this stuff, it is not uh, discriminatory. It will affect people from good families, from loving families, from Christian families, from heathen families, from medical families. It does not discriminate. It does not. It's scary. What I want everyone to do that listens to this is go into your medicine cabinet. If you have leftover pain pills, throw them out. Peace. If you have a family member, talk to them. Yeah. Ask them questions. I mean, the first thing is, hey, do you have a problem? Are you taking pain medicines? This is like taking the keys from somebody before they leave at the end of the night at the bar, right? You got to have is. a conversation sometimes. And you know what? We want to have fun. And Doc and the Deacon is about making people laugh and maybe a little bit smarter and maybe slightly increase your chances of going to heaven. But this is something that is important and needs to be talked about. We hope this episode was not too painful for you. Yeah. But if it was, we hope it hurt so good. It hurt so good. Come on, baby, make it hurt so good. Excellent brain trust to market it. Brandis, that sentence.
known like the Ten Commandments This show gon' be around for infinite years I think we can all agree on ice cold beers 100% authentic, you can't fake it Often imitated, but never duplicated So knowledgeable, take a lot of facts in Now I'm coming to close it like a Aroldis Chapman